Hello, friends. I'm Barbara Hemphill, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and vision accelerator. Welcome to Christine Smith's From Pretty Good to Radiant Joy podcast. With practical and inspiring ideas about the healing, love, and power of God, Christine and her guests encourage you to enjoy the radiant, joyful life God created you to live. Christine is a trained spiritual director with a heart for unity. She's an author focused on Holy Spirit's role in women's lives, especially women over 50. Let's welcome my sister in Christ and yours, Christine Smith. Happy December, everyone. Happy Advent. Advent is a season that always reminds me of angels. I love decorating with angels. I love the church full of angels. And I love the readings full of angels. And so here we are in December. And we have a guest with us today who has studied and loves angels. And that's what we're going to talk about. I would like to begin, though, with a verse that I just came, came to me this morning. Of course, I've read it many times, Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a prayer about God's protection. And if I start reading at verse 9, you have the Lord for your refuge and have made the most high your stronghold. No evil shall befall you. No affliction come near your tent. For he commands his angels with regard to you, to guard you wherever you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'd like to introduce you today to Betty Helene Harrison. She's the author of What is a Nice Jewish Girl Like Me Doing in the Catholic Church? A Truly Miraculous Conversion. More than a coming-of-age story, Betty's book unveils not only her life, but also her heritage. It's a dramatic story that takes you from before she was born, that takes you from ancient Israel to the United States, from Massachusetts to California. She writes of how a Jewish girl loses her faith only to find something bigger. Her conversion began with a mystical out-of-body experience, con continued by her witnessing of beyond belief miracles. And we're going to hear some of those miracle stories today that involve angels. Betty and her life powerfully help others discover the incredible magnificence of God in our lives. So Betty, welcome. Well, thank you, Chris. It's wonderful to be here with you on this day. Praise God. Praise God. It's always wonderful to be coming together, too, to talk about the wonders that God does and the ways that we can see him manifest his glory and his love for us. So let's talk uh, first. Why don't you just tell us, in case somebody has been a little bit confused about what kind of a being an angel is? Well, an angel is the creation of God. And even before he created man, they were in his realm and they are spiritual beings. They are not human. They are not male or female, but they are filled with God's grace. And they too 
had the opportunity and free will to choose to follow God's will. And uh, our angels, particularly the guardian angels of one of, could be from any of the levels, there's at least nine levels of angels, the top three being closest to the Lord in heaven, the seraphim, the archangels at the top of the lower third, and then there's many in between. But I won't go into that because there's a lot there. But as far as the guardian angels, they're specifically to be God's messengers with the human. And we, being the human, we're blessed at conception to have an angel, at least one, assigned to us. Betty, I have a question. Are they assigned to every human being that comes into existence? So it doesn't matter what faith you're going to be. You're going to have an angel. The wonderful thing about angels is they seem to cross all faiths. Um, I met a Muslim man um, on Christmas one day on an airplane, and I helped him with his um, little baby not to cry and his little toddler. And after he introduced himself to me, I asked his name. He said his name was Miguel. And I said, Miguel, St. Miguel, the archangel. And he just looked so surprised that I knew who that was. And um, I said, of course I do. I said, in fact, we all do. The Jews do. And uh, the Christians. I said, St. Michael's a big guy for all of us. <laughs> so that's St. Michael. He's not necessarily the guardian, but he's the protector. And he's the one that in that original creation of the angels, when you can read about it in scripture in Genesis, but a big battle took forth where Lucifer decided upon himself, he wanted to be like God and not be in the realm of helping mankind. So, cause that was beneath him. Anyway, that's a big long story. I don't want to go there, but um, yes, we are all assigned an angel. Absolutely. From death onto eternal life in heaven. I mean, from birth, excuse me, to our death, into eternal life, into heaven. And, and I love how uh, how even at funerals, the one of the prayers is often, may the angels lead you into paradise. Amen. Yeah. And I mean, think about it. If you know scripture at all, and you think about the big stories, <laughs> the top 10 maybe, there's an angel there. Uh, the, the Annunciation, when our Lord you know, was announced to the incarnation. And yes. Uh, uh, telling the shepherds of the good news and praising the Lord. Yes, indeed. And at the time of the birth, if you think about the angels that were there with the um, shepherds and the, uh, yes, baby. Uh, I mean, and it's Old Testament as well as new. We're not just talking one book versus the other. Angels are there throughout. And, and uh, I love, too, that angels were ministering to Jesus. So even Jesus had angels tending to him and in the desert with him when uh, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tempted for 40 days in preparation for his public ministry. And, um, and angels appear again in Revelation. We know that there will be angels at the last judgment. There will be angels at the, at the second coming. So that's just the tiny piece of the good news is that, yes, we all do have angels, our guardians, and what a, what, a, what a best friend to have. But the thing about it is, I know for myself, I wasn't brought up with strong faith of angels. I always thought it was just 
almost like an imaginary friend, which maybe maybe in those imaginary friends aren't imaginary. Uh, be careful with your children, what they'll tell you. Listen, um, that, that little voice within, whether you call it conscience or um, ideas or whatever you might think, if it's for the greater good and for your safety, it could be your angel. But you need to ideally develop that friendship and that companionship and to ask for the guidance, to give him permission, because these beings won't, just like God, I mean, we have to ask for relationship as well, even though they're there with us, if we don't, but still. Wouldn't you wanna know? I would wanna know, yes. So Betty, before we go uh, further, why don't you share with us how you got into the study of angels? Yeah, that was a funny story. So um, during COVID, there was this group you know, where I live that kind of formed to support one another, to help one another. Um, and then after we continued, it was a Christian group and it was pragmatic as well as spiritual. And one of the days they had um, a woman there. She was actually a doctor, but she was talking about um, <laughs> the word I think of is hoarding. It's not hoarding. It's prepping. <laughs> and um I don't like prepping. In, in California, we do a lot of that because we're always worried about earthquakes and various things such as that and natural disasters. And so they were talking about, oh, you know, when things get really, really bad and, you know, how bad can they get? How much worse? Well, there's always more. And they kept talking about what we should do and what we should keep and how we should do it. And I was getting very, very distressed by it because since the age of nine, I've been struggling with that idea. Well, my dad built a, um, a fallout shelter during the Cuban Missile Crisis when we lived in Massachusetts, and he was a prepper. And it just didn't sit well with me. And I didn't want to hear all this, and I started to get very agitated. So I started to pray in my seat while she was talking. And what I prayed for was for the Lord to show me if it's true. I've heard it's true, but I don't know. Do I have a guardian angel? And if I do, could you, could you tell me? And could that angel please guide me through these times instead of worrying about where I would go to the bathroom and where I would eat and how I would drink and how I would survive? And no sooner had I thought that thought in my mind's prayer, when a woman in the back who I hadn't met, there were about 50 people there, she stood up and said, you know, it's all well and good that you all want to prep, but I got to tell you something even better. You all have a guardian angel. Isn't that beautiful? Amazing answer to prayer so fast. So fast. God is like that when you're in relationship. The same with the angel. I mean, it's it's it can be quick. And so anyway, um, and then she proceeded to say, uh, actually, she said, I'm just finishing up a year study on the guardian angels. And if anybody's interested, please let me know. Well, I practically jumped into her lap uh, afterwards. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And she told me about the um, Opus um, Agnes Angelorium, which is um, put forth through the Catholic Church and started by a, a woman, um, Mother Gabriel, and then needed further approval. The Catholic Church is very careful about many of the things they approve. So they now have um, an assignment for the Holy Cross um, fathers that uh, help us with this study. I, I like that her name is Mother Gabriel. Uh, did she choose that angel name or did she, um, was that her, was she named that from birth, do you know? 
No, I don't. And that's a great question. I'm going to have to, I never really thought about it. Now that you say it, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, the study so was then great. You, started, you joined that study then at the first opportunity, I take it? Yeah, so it, it was a little barrier. You know, there's a lot of barriers when you want to do something good with God. And at first I wasn't getting support from my personal church. And yet one day at my favorite beach, I met two friends and they said, why don't we do it together? So it ended up to be uh, four different parishes of 12 women. And um, we meet once a month and uh, we just finished the first 12 lessons. So now we are actually what's called consecrated to our guardian angels. And then just last month, we started a much bigger study. Uh, guardian angels are very personal. They're for your own purpose. Uh, but the other angels are so much greater and so much larger. And their purpose is huge. And it's all equals to salvation for souls. So the first soul that you want to help out is your own. And then once your soul feels like it's being sanctified with grace, then we feel called to help others. And that's where the other angel study comes in, which I'm starting now. So let's stay for stay on the guardian angels a bit here. I would love to have you share some stories. And I'm thinking of one that you shared with me that I'd love to have you share with our audience about the dental hygienist that you worked with. Sure. So I was a dental hygienist for 35 years and I was in this particular practice and uh, the dentist had a habit, unfortunately, of throwing patients at us at the end of the day when it was, you know, almost time to go home. So this particular day it happened and it was myself and another hygienist. And reluctantly, we said yes, because we really couldn't say no <laughs> to see the patient. But my other hygiene friend said to me, you know, I really regret this. I hate going home later because my fiance gets very, very upset with this. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, he gets angry. You know, he feels that I'm being, you know, it's abusive and he doesn't like it. And so by the time I come home, he's steaming. And I said, well, you know, I just heard something recent. I didn't even know my guardian angel at this point or anything about it. However, there's always that hope. And I uh, said to her, I was thinking about something I read and how when you're gonna have a conversation with somebody, especially if it may be difficult or important or um, a challenge, that it would be good to talk to your own guardian angel to go to that person's guardian angel and ask for the softening of that person's heart and mind. So I said, so you might try that, you know, on your way home. She said, okay. So. A week later, we were back together again because we only worked one day a week together. And she had bought me a poster. And it was, you've seen it probably, it's the one with the angels and they're sitting there. And there's two of them just kind of looking at each other. And it has um, a whole bunch of wonderful little pithy angel statements. And she said, this is a gift for you. I said, why, why? She says, oh, Betty, you won't believe what happened. I said, well, try me. And so she said, well, when I got home in the dark, was pacing out front and I thought oh lord help us and she said she got out of the car and he immediately greeted her with a big smile and a hug and a kiss and he said you know I have to apologize to you I've been really not, not fair I mean here you work so hard you're tired you come home and then what do I do but yell at you and tonight I had a softening of my heart and my mind and I decided you need to lie down on the couch here's a glass of wine and I'm preparing dinner. 
How much better can it get than that? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guardian angels. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like cooking dinner, it might be worth praying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's mm -hmm. a good one. Um, you also, you talked earlier about how children sometimes might think of guardian angels as something their moms made up just to give them comfort when they're feeling bad. Um, and maybe it's not true. Maybe it's one of those things like, you know, like the tooth fairy or something. So right. um, what, I think you have some stories about what's happened in your own family. And so your son, Colin, is a believer in angels now. Yeah, so Colin, who's 35 now, was probably five at the time, maybe probably a year younger now that I think about it. Um, he was just learning to ride his bicycle and we were in the cul-de-sac and I was with him and he very quickly ran face first into a curb and the bicycle started to go over and he started to go over and it was going to be a painful fall and looked really horrible. So quickly I said, Lord, please help my son, please carry him. And um, I don't know if you've ever had the experience, but when your child is in danger and your adrenaline flows, suddenly things slow down and it goes like frame by frame by frame. And that's what happened. And I saw Colin, I didn't see it, the angel, but I saw it, Colin being lifted up and gently pushed over and then lied down on the grass like he had done a somersault and he landed real gentle and he jumps up and he's laughing and I said oh my gosh I'm pretty sure that was your angel that just carried you that was remarkable and then there was another instance maybe a little earlier than that around that same time period but he had been playing with a friend and inadvertently Colin's finger the tip of his finger got cut off by a heavy door jar and we had to go to the hospital and it was really uncomfortable and it was a full moon and we had to wait hours and it was really not good and um there's a lot to that story that I could go into but I won't go into it all I'll just go into this little angel portion um when Colin came home it was after midnight and then when he woke up in the morning he was really really crying it really hurt a lot and I was desperate. So I said, Colin, let's pray for your angels to come and, and help you. Again, I hadn't studied angels at that point either, but yeah, I had that little girl hope. Maybe this is real. And so um, no sooner had we, I prayed it when three little, little, little birdies came to the window and those windows were soundproof and, and they started fluttering and just, you know, like birdies do. And Colin just got this smile on his face and it took away the tears. Well, then it happened again. He had taken a nap. And when he woke up again, the pain, the throbbing, he's crying. Different window, different room. And who comes to the window? But the same three little, I don't know, I guess I'd call them angels, even though they look like birds. Mm -hmm. They can come in disguise. And to this day, Colin still says he has three guardian angels. That's beautiful, isn't it? Nice. It, it's wow. simple, but it's it's powerful. Can you share something about how angels actually communicate with you, especially now that you know more about them? How does your guardian angel communicate with you or how do you recognize your guardian angel's presence or, or a message or something like that? Well, you know, it's interesting because I find things with 
spiritual, especially, it, it, it's it's a constant give and take. So each morning when I wake up, I try to remember my angel and invite him to help me in my day and to lead me in every way. And I do the same for the Holy Spirit. I do the same for angels and saints and Blessed Mother. It's not just the angel, but it's a whole group. And um, then with that, I always try to start the day with going to Holy Mass. So one of the things the angels cannot receive is communion. And they love being at our side to receive that because that is a special grace. And to receive the true body and blood, that's something when I invite my angel and all my people in my group say the same thing, they almost feel the angel caressing our cheeks and thank you. They are so grateful to be there beside us because when you're at church, there is a time in church in the procession when you're offering up your uh, prayers and people who see the other side of the veil actually see the angels processing up to the altar with a golden urn. And many of these urns are empty, but many are full. And the ones that are full are the ones that have been offered prayers a petition, intercession, guidance, love, submission, whatever it may be. And they're bringing that to the altar of God in heaven. So yes, it's a, it's a communication and yes, it's a listening yeah. and it can be holy or it can be, you can be out on the street driving your car and you hear suddenly stop. So many people have stories about in the car because Angels it's a place. car wrecks. I've heard, so I've heard a lot of oh. stories like that too. Angels so extricating people from a vehicle that the jaws of life couldn't get them out of. Yeah, you could write a book on just car accidents. I, I have my own story with that and being held held back when I was sure I was going to die and had five lanes of traffic coming straight at me. And I literally, I was happy to say I'd come to the point instead of saying, oh, you know what? I said, dear, dear Jesus, save me, thinking I was dying in that day because mm -hmm. the car's Literally, the headlights went through my car and people saw it and they witnessed it. Nine men pulled over. But it was when I said the prayer, Jesus, please save me, that suddenly I felt a presence upon me and, and just hold me back in the car. And literally, it, um, the silence that came upon that freeway, just. I was carried five lanes sideways in the perfect position not to get hit by a car. So, I mean. These, these beings are powerful. They can lift cars and take them sideways and prevent cars from coming through you. Well, nothing is impossible for God and angels are the messengers of God. So yes, nothing can be impossible for them if that's what God wills to have them do, which, and he tells us, he sends us, sends them for protection. So that's beautiful. Um, how, I, I know, Betty, that you, are a big believer in discerning between what is genuine, what is truth, and what is not. So um, do you want to say anything about discerning angelic encounters or anything along those lines? Yeah, I, I would, because not all um, <sighs> angels are good. And um, the greatest one can imitate good angels. Satan, he can come as a uh, being of light and he's really not. And so it's vital 
that we learn to discern. And I think the best way is what is the voice? What are you hearing? What is it telling me? If it's telling me I'm a fool, which I hear, that's not my angel. That's a demon. God's voice and messages are filled with love. He loves us so unconditionally and he has such mercy that he would never send an angel to berate us in, in a way that we would feel. Um, we can be humbled and we can be made small, but not in a point of anger or belittlement. So if the voice is telling me to do something in my heart that does not sit well, and it doesn't mean it's always what I want to do, because it's not. In fact, that's usually how I do discern what voice I'm hearing. Because when I give my, um, I surrender to God's will, many times it's things I don't want to do. And that's how I know it's not me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we really need some angelic encouragement. Right, right. Yes, but it's a voice of love. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you one, one more story. Uh, that you've shared with me before that I would love to have you share. And that is about when you were recently in Massachusetts and, and uh, got together with your childhood best friend. And I take it she probably is, was she Jewish? Is she Jewish? Yes, yes. yes. What you would call a reformed Jew. Mm -hmm. And um, many Jews are Jews, but they're very secular. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, when she read my book, oh, it's a nice girl like you doing the, the Catholic Church, Jewish girl. Um, she said, I loved your book. I just skipped all the um, the Bible quotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be it. But um, I love my friend. I've loved her since the age of 12. And I went back east just last, um, this past September, October, uh, to actually, um, for the burial of my 97-year-old mother, my my Jewish mother and um my mom happened to die the Tuesday after Mother's Day and uh, it was on my friend's friend's um 70th birthday and so my other uh, roommate said maybe her mom will die on your 70th birthday because they were both the same age and they were both their lives were basically coming to their ends if and you were uh, best friends you probably knew each other's mothers Absolutely. So this mom, um, she was my, she was my first mother that wasn't my mother, you know, that encouraged me and my friend and she always had the best ideas, fun things to do. And she never had a voice of um, condemnation. It was always just fun and loving. So I loved her very much. And she ended up dying two days after I left uh, my friend's home on my brother's birthday. So you know, the connections are always interesting, dates and names. God gives you all sorts of, not that I call coincidences. Yeah. Anyway, God incidences, whatever you call them. But um, so I was in Croatia with my husband. We were on a uh, big trip and just a random uh, cruise town entry port. And we were just going to walk for the day, the, the little village. And I, there was a couple of churches I wanted to see. One was a cathedral. I don't even remember the name of it. And as we were walking, I felt kind of a prompting in my mind. I wasn't thinking about um, my friend's mom, but I was like, I wish I could do something. I don't even know if she's been buried yet because they weren't sure of the date. And she was being buried in the same, same place as my mom the same week. 
So I said, you know, I thought me, I was talking to my angel and I'm like, is there a prayer I could do? Is it too late? Is it something I could help with? I don't know. Can you help me? And that was my thought. And no sooner had that happened when I came around a corner and there was a statue, a beautiful statue of St. Francis of Assisi and another church, a third church, one we weren't going to. And the door was open. And I was really excited because doors aren't always open during the weekdays. And this was 1015 on a Monday morning, kind of random, October 4th. And as I entered the church, I saw on the altar that a man dressed in white was lighting candles which usually means there's going to be a mass. And so he came down and I said, is there going to be a mass today? He said, yeah, 15 minutes. So I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. What are the chances? When we talked about this before, I think you didn't know that October 4th was St. Francis's feast day, did you? And then no. you, had, but you had an app on your phone that told you? Yes, and that, that was so funny because up till that day, I hadn't been able to access it because uh, of the internet and being, you know, in Europe. And yet there it was. And there was the feast day of the saint of whose church I was in, which was quite profound because that's the day that you receive special graces and special gifts along with that saint in heaven for my friend. Beautiful. So you pray for her there? Right. And then... I believe that that was the prompting I had received from my angel and the reception was that the door was open and the prayer was put forth. And I know that prayers help those who have passed before us. What a blessing and what a grace. It's always so beautiful how the Lord opens the doors that he wants opened, that we also want opened. Of course, he knows the desires of our heart and he he gives us those desires when they're in keeping with his plan and his will. I That's the wonderful thing when you're in one with the Lord, if you can be as much as possible, is I prayed at one point years ago for my desires of my heart to be given to me by God as his desires for my heart. So it makes life a lot easier. Yes. Well, I think he all, he, he, it says in scripture that he has, is the one who's put desires in our heart. So I think we also need to just open to realizing that as well as your prayer is a beautiful prayer. But I, I think when we can get in touch with our hearts truly, we also can see that our hearts are aligned with our creator who, who put them there. Yes, it's a beautiful life. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to share that I haven't asked you about? I'd just like to say, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. And I realize um, when you're a convert, it, it's really hard not to share your faith. Like cradle Catholics always say converts are the best whatevers. Um, and yet I was in a place for a long time in a space for a long time where I had no faith. And I just want to talk to people here that aren't Catholic and still would love to receive the love of God and still do. And that's what I want to remind everyone. The question you had asked earlier, um, does everyone have an angel? Yes. Is everyone loved by God? Yes. And we're all in our perfect place and space. And so I just wish you all goodwill and peace on earth and goodwill to men at this time of Advent. Thank you, Chris. 
God bless you. And thank you so much, Betty. You're most welcome. And thank you for this opportunity. And I hope everybody has a very, very Merry Christmas. And if Hanukkah is your holiday, let that light shine upon your homes. And a dismissal that they used to give us, and I gave my dad when he was in my home, and I didn't even know if he had faith, the prayer or the blessing was, may God bless and keep you. May God's light shine on you. May God's peace be with you and give you rest. Amen. Amen. Please visit the website of From Pretty Good to Radiant Joy, podcast host Christine Smith at radiantjoy.us. Christine activates, illuminates, and facilitates deep healing and transformation for women over 50 who feel a profound longing in their spiritual lives, guiding them to discover the missing piece and embark on a transformative journey that brings them to greater intimacy with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessedly, that transformation flows into all other aspects of their lives. We appreciate likes and encourage you to subscribe to this monthly podcast from Pretty Good to Radiant Joy, which is released every Thursday. Please also share favorite episodes and comments below. You're enthusiastically invited to subscribe to our monthly newsletter, which you can sign up for at www.radiantjoy.us. Thank you, and may God bless you to radiate abundant joy.